Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Guns in rural Northern California is the topic of this second of a two-part Radio Curious series on guns, who has them, how they are obtained, and what they are used for. Part one is available on our website, radiocurious.org. Our guest is Sheriff Tom Allman of Mendocino County in rural Northern California, who has worked in law enforcement for 38 years and has been sheriff for the last 10. Sheriff Allman is, among many other things, the person who issues a permit to carry a concealed weapon in Mendocino County. When Sheriff Allman visited the Radio Curious Studios on August 8, 2016, we began the second part of our conversation with his statement that law enforcement is trained to stop people, not to kill. You know, law enforcement, contrary to what some people believe, we don't shoot to kill people. We don't. We, we train, we shoot to stop. So when you say law enforcement, you're talking about your sheriff's office as opposed yes, to the, the, the broad scope of law enforcement. I'm going to segue into citizens. But yeah, the, we, yeah, I mean, my, listen, from the academy that I went to through 34 years ago to every gun training I've been through, um, the purpose of having a firearm is to neutralize the threat, not to kill the bad guy, but to neutralize the threat. Now, we don't aim for kneecaps. You know, you aim to, for the, the mass to stop the threat. But when we train citizens, and we, the sheriff's office, we don't do the training. Those, that's done um, through citizens who are trained to instruct the class. You say aim for the mass. Aim for the mass. How are you going to stop this guy who is attacking you? Are you going to hopefully aim for something around the hip that we know where the, the mechanism of the body is going to stop and a person's going to fall down? Or is a person on so much medication or drugs that that's not going to stop him? So, so where do you aim? Aim for the mass. I mean, the body, the the you know um, the legs, the legs and the arms and the head are the smallest part. The the internal organs. The mass. Yeah. You're going to stop him from the shoulders to the waist. Yep, and from the left side to the right side. Sure, that's where you're going to aim, but. You know, um, I, I'm very fortunate, Barry. I, I've never been in a shooting situation where I've shot a person. And if I am, I only hope that my training kicks in. Training for using a gun. That's part of getting a concealed weapon permit. When a citizen has a concealed firearm, they're not a professional law enforcement officer. So I certainly know that they haven't been through the training that I've been through. So their muscle memory is not where mine is. And so that's why we encourage them to do regular shooting, to make sure they know what the gun is. Some people will have different guns listed on their CCW permit, which I shake my head over, you know, to have a, a Colt 1911, a 45 semi-automatic right next to a Smith & Wesson two-inch Chief Special Revolver I shake my head and say, well, how silly is that? You know, Because when you are in a situation where your life is dependent upon you using that piece of equipment to save your life, 
I don't want you to go through the thought process of saying, which gun do I have today? And, oh, it's, it's the Glock, so I'm going to aim a little bit high because that's the way it works. I want you to be blindfolded, upside down, wet, and shaking. And when you put that in your hand, you know exactly what you are holding and you know how you're going to use it so you can defend your life. How is this taught? Um, for the most part, it's, it's a classroom discussion, classroom practicals, and on the range where you're standing there and you get the gun out and you shoot at five yards and 10 yards and 15 yards. I mean, it's a, it's a very um, standard type of shooting, you know, but, but we hopefully will have people that go on and maybe go to other courses of instruction. So the gun training course is a prerequisite for a concealed carry permit in California? The law of California says you have to um, go to a class up to 16 hours, which will um, certify you as as being competent with that firearm, yes. And and specifically with that firearm. You can't go through the class shooting a twenty two revolver and then come in and ask me to put a forty-five caliber on your permit. Now, le- it's legal that I would be able to put a forty-five caliber, but after Sheriff Craver, one of the changes I did is an individual has to qualify with the mechanics of that gun. So, in other words, the, re- the reason I answered it with the mechanics of that gun, if somebody has a um, a Ruger uh, semi-automatic and they go out and buy another Ruger, We'll add it to their CCW, but they're not going to have to requalify because it's the same mechanism. You set a class up to 16 hours. Yes. Is that the minimum or the maximum? That's the, well, it's class up to 16 hours. So, um, so someone could go for an hour and that qualifies? Well, if they get a certificate from the instructor, I guess they would. But, but I meet with our instructors annually, and it's a 16-hour course. And we, we cover what there is going to be taught. Um, how it's going to be taught. Um, we certainly keep control of the number of instructors we have. I, I don't want there to be 30 classes in this county. I want, I want to be able to know that the instruction being taught is, is good for our citizens, and they're going to walk away, hopefully, with a lot more knowledge than they walked in with. And then every two years, you take a four-hour refresher course to update you on the laws, law changes, and then to go through the qualification again. Make sure, you know, it's just the same way as your driver's license. Make sure your eyesight's good and, and things like that, yes. Okay. In our county, what are your concerns about the use of guns that have changed in the, uh, what is it, 14 years you've been sheriff? 10 years. It only seems like 14. Um, um, that have changed in the 10 years you've been sheriff. Okay. So there's been some law changes. Um, one I don't agree with, and once again, your people listening to this are going to cringe when they hear a sheriff say this. Um, this year, a new law went on the books to where no guns can be on any school campuses. You know, so a concealed firearm cannot be on a school campus. I don't agree with that because bad guys are not going to comply with that law. I'm not saying that teachers should have the you know, we should arm the teachers and have them there to protect the kids. But I believe in our concealed weapons program. And, and when somebody comes out of the class certified to be able to carry a concealed firearm, I don't have an issue with them having a concealed firearm with them when they go to school. However, the laws have changed. And, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about today, Barry, 
is the spectrum of people who have concealed firearms in our county. I include that in the question. Describe that spectrum. Can I, can I ask you a question? Who would you assume would be the biggest group of recipients of concealed weapons permits in Mendocino County? Describe them. Marijuana growers? No. No. It's not your white male adult Republican Baptist. Okay? It's, we have extreme liberals with concealed firearms, and we have, of course, the libertarians. And everywhere in between, we have religious people, we have political people. Well, in other words, what I'm saying is from every walk of life comes this group of citizens who do have commonality in saying, hey, what can I do to protect myself? So what changed in the society of the use of guns? Well, wait a minute, Barry. Be careful because you want to keep asking your questions about Mendocino County. Yeah. So that's I'm going to ask questions of why don't we talk about I'm not let's not talk about Chicago or South Carolina or Florida. Let's talk about Mendocino County. What gun violence are we talking about? You know that. You're the sheriff. Of course I know, but I'm asking you. Well, I'm asking you, what is the extent of gun violence? Mendocino County averages seven homicides a year, and certainly some of those are involved with marijuana. I don't think that we're seeing a, an, an uptick in gun violence as, as you are talking about gun violence, at least in our sleepy little county. Well, that's or, what I'm asking. Do you see one? I remember when I came here in 1974, um, there was rarely more than one, if one, uh, murder trial in the courts on an annual basis. I think that anybody would be hard-pressed to show that gun violence in Mendocino County is, has had an uptick any higher than the rest of the country. You know, I, I'm not a sociologist. I'm not going to tell you this is why we're having gun violence here. But I'm going to say that um, the ability for our f for citizens to go through the process, get a concealed weapon after they paid, you know, a lot of money to the state, and to protect themselves with a gun allows for, in my opinion, it allows for some of our citizens to have less stress because they have this personal protection ability with them that others may not have. And, and, but on the other hand, um, since I've been sheriff 10 years, I'm not aware of anybody who has a concealed weapon who had to fire a shot you know, to defend themselves. You talk about the commonality of people who, um, across a political, social, religious spectrum, of people who wish to carry concealed weapons yes. and who do. Yes. The commonalities is that the people, there are people from very diverse spectrums who have applied and received concealed weapons permits that, to be quite honest, was a surprise to me when I became sheriff. Why was it a surprise? I, I had no idea that there were so many um, people who I would view as um, on the extreme liberal side that 
would like to be a quiet, concealed weapons holder. Extreme liberal side. That's an interesting characterization. What, what do you mean? It speaks for itself. I'll it's, ask you again. Listen, very the, the, constri- the extreme the you, conservative if, side. It's the same thing. And what about the extreme libertarian side? I mean, we, you and I have been around this county long enough where we could make a list away from each other. And when we got together, chances are the majority of the names would be on both lists because you know who I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not going to mention names. I, I, it's, it's, that's not my intent. My intent is to listen. There are people who are listening to this radio interview right now who are probably very irritated that there's a law enforcement officer in California who is very supportive of allowing people to comply with the law and get a concealed firearm permit to protect themselves. To those people, I do not owe them an apology. All I need to owe them is an explanation of why I do it. And there's no apology necessary here. Uh, and, and, and I listen, don't get mad at me. The system we have is working of concealed weapons in Mendocino County. You know the old adage, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm going to say it's not broke, and I'm not going to fix it until it does break. We're going to continue this, the oversight that we have at the sheriff's office. Now, chiefs of police can issue concealed firearms. You know that. But in this county, the three chiefs of police have all um, told their citizens, you know, if, if, if you live, and you live inside of a city limit here, if you went to your chief of police and said, I'd like to apply for a concealed firearm permit, please, they would say, Mr. Vogel, thanks for coming in. You need to go talk to the sheriff's office. And you would go over to the sheriff's office. We'd give you the paperwork of how to start. It's about a three-month process. And that's how you could ultimately have a concealed firearm permit. But be careful because if you misuse it, I'll be the one to call you. When, when, when anybody gets in trouble with their concealed firearm, and like I said, we have had few people you know, get arrested with their guns, I'm the one who makes a call to them. I call and say, you did this bad, you know, you can hate me forever. I don't care, but I'm taking away your, your ability to legally carry a concealed firearm. In this program, we're visiting with Mendocino County Sheriff Tom Allman for a discussion about guns. Who has them? How are they obtained? And what are they used for? You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. So let's talk about the number of concealed firearm carry permits which you said is... Well, when I say it's around 300, it's, it's closer to 2,500 in Mendocino County. And the number of people who have guns for which they don't have the permit, what's the balance there? Well, you don't need a permit to have a gun in your house. So how about, if you don't mind, I'm going to change the question. The people who carry guns legally with a concealed weapons permit and the people who carry guns illegally without a concealed weapons permit. Is that a... That's the question. That's the question. Okay. I'm going to say that in the summer and fall of the year, when we have a number of transient marijuana growers, and transient as in living in Mendocino County for less than six months, okay? Not, not these cultivators, or not, no, I mean not these trimmers that stand in front of Safeway and say they'll trim for 25 bucks. I'm talking about people who come here to grow marijuana. They're not residents of our county. They don't want us to know who they are, so they'll never apply for a concealed weapon permit, but they carry concealed weapons. I would say in the summer and fall, they outnumber the licensed permit holders. By how much? I don't know. 
they they outnumber it. Um, you know, what part are, are we talking? North County, Leightonville, Leggett, Coblo um, would be uh, a two to one. I mean, I'm just guessing. You ask a question. I'm basing it on on traffic stops and reports from deputies. And but if you talk about you know um, bigger urban areas like Ukiah, Willis Fort Bragg, I don't think the number would be that high um, because those people are, you know, they would they those um, marijuana growers wouldn't carry a gun for the same reason that some citizens in those three cities don't want to permit because they say, listen, the police department's three minutes away, as opposed to people in Cobolo. If they lived on Minor Road, they'd say the sheriff's office is two hours away and I'm going to carry a gun. So that, um, that balance of people who have a permit to carry uh, and people who don't but who carry, uh, what's the social problem in our county as you would describe it? What's a social problem? The social problem in relation as a result of uh, people carrying who don't have permits. Well, Barry, I- I'm going to be very bold with this answer. A concealed, a licensed concealed weapons holder has nothing to hide. They usually have a job or, they, or they're, they're retired, you know, with a retirement income. They have a place to live. They've been in the county for a while. They come out during the day. They go shopping. They go home at night. They sleep. They're not out terrorizing our communities or our environment. As opposed to unlicensed concealed weapons holders. So people who illegally carry a firearm, in my opinion, do have something to hide. And I'm not talking about the guy who let his permit expire for two months and he says, gosh, I need to get it in you know, to, to renew it. I'm talking about the people who say, I have no intention of getting a permit because I don't want them to know I'm going to carry. And then you'd have to ask, well, what are they carrying for? Well, why are they carrying for personal protection too? like the concealed weapons holders, or are they carrying for, your words, not mine, gun violence side? And I, I would say that absolutely they, they would tend to be the gun violence side. You know, Barry, I, I've been a law enforcement officer, as I said, 34 years. And the vast majority of that was on the street. You know, as a deputy sheriff, I was a police officer before I came here, as a deputy sheriff, as a patrol sergeant, as a patrol lieutenant, I've taken per, I've taken weapons off of felons. The weapons were stolen. The felons were wanted and he was not carrying that gun in case someone assaulted him. He was carrying that gun with the intent of or they were of of causing damage to someone else. So if there's a social problem here, you know, as I said, your words, not mine on, on, on this. Um, I would say that um, one of the things that we as Californians should support are rigorous enforcement of gun laws. And while I don't support everything the governor signed this year, they're on the books now. It's, it's They're gun laws. And... We can't say we're going to support gun laws and not have places to incarcerate people. I mean, that's, that's ludicrous. Hey, you know, let's, let's go to Hawaii, but we're not going to use a boat or a plane, you know? Well, that means we're not going to go. And, and if we are going to, as a society, 
um, say, let's enforce gun laws, which a lot of people are saying, but not have a place for people to be incarcerated, then we are trying to have our cake and eat it too. And there's only so much probation can do. There's only so much, only so much that a citation can do. So what I say to this is if there's someone listening out there in your radio audience and you, and, and com- kudos to you, Barry, I've been catching up on your radio curious lately and then you've done a very good job with your guests. But if there's someone listening that says, listen, I meet that criteria, you know, I'm a felon, I carry a gun, well, I have a gun in my house or whatever. Listen, I, nothing personal. You're probably a nice person I could sit down and have dinner with, but I hope you get caught. I hope that we enforce the laws because in California, if you're a felon, you can't have a firearm. And we have some judges who totally understand that and some judges who don't. And I think that consistency is is what we're looking for. We as it's not just law enforcement, we as society are looking for consistency because with gun violence, Barry, if we, if you don't mind me saying, we're talking about responsible people with guns and irresponsible people with guns. And of those two groups, who is responsible for gun violence? And I'm going to hang my hat on irresponsible people with guns are the ones who are creating havoc. They're creating, you know, a danger for my deputy sheriffs. You know, I've been shot at twice in my life. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing fun about getting shot at. I'm I'm alive. The bad guy's aim wasn't that good. Okay, so I, I'm I'm lucky on this one. However, um, some of us aren't that lucky. You know, in the last two years, um, we we've lost we lost a very fine deputy sheriff who was, for lack of better words, assassinated. Why he drove his patrol car in Fort Bragg, just assassinated by a thug from Eugene, Oregon, with an assault rifle. You know who was killed. You know within minutes of that by a Fort Bragg a police lieutenant who is the hero for the rest of my life. But you don't have to worry. And let me tell you this, Barry. I know this your your radio show goes worldwide, but let me tell you, you as a citizen of Mendocino County, you don't have to worry about licensed concealed weapons holders in Mendocino County creating the problem. I'm not going to say they're entirely part of the solution because then you're thinking that I'm arming the masses for who knows what. I'm not going to say that, but I'm certainly going to say they're not part of the problem. Well, Tom Allman, I want to thank you for joining us on Radio Curious. And before we close, can you tell us about a eureka or an aha moment that changed your life, your view of the world, your ambitions? It wasn't an aha moment. Um, it was an aha year, and that's a year from October 19th, 1999 to October 19th, 2000. And that's the year that I spent away from our great nation, and I, I lived in former Yugoslavia and Kosovo. And here we're talking about guns, Guns were a major part of the, um, not only the overthrowing of, of Kosovo from Serbia, but the rebuilding of Kosovo by the United Nations. Because there were so many illegal guns out there, um, the United Nations, of all people, started working with the uh, providence of Kosovo, it wasn't a country then, of issuing concealed weapons permits to businesses 
who are going to employ people, who are going to pay income tax and property tax and sales tax and, and border tax, but they needed guns to protect themselves. So the, the year in Kosovo taught me something very important, that um, while there's a lot of drug laws on the books here in California, we as society should certainly prioritize our enforcement, our prosecution, and our incarceration on crimes where the victims are real people, not just the people of the state of California. You know, whether it's a property crime, a personal assault, a sexual assault, that's where we need to prioritize it. And in in Kosovo, that's what we were doing. So my aha year was leap year, presidential year, Olympic year, 1999 to 2000. And what would you like to do with the rest of your one precious life? I want to work on mental health. That's that's it. I um I see a, a the a lack of a safety net for not just mental health patients as much as families of mental health patients. I um if you know we, my analogy is you you have a person who pays taxes their whole life. They raise their family. They're doing everything by standards, what government wants them to do. And then when there's a mental health crisis in their family, you know, their grandsons are going to commit suicide. They find out that when they call 911, there's not a lot of mental health resources out there. And um, the safety net that they've always thought was there, you know, the same as a fire engine or a police car or, you know, a street worker who's going to take care of the dead dog in the middle of the road, when you call mental health, um, they don't literally put you on hold, but I think that the analogy could be they put you on hold and say, you know, we we have an appointment three months from now. What time would you like for it to be? And, and we as society need to say either we're not going to provide mental health at government level or we are going to do it and this is how we're going to pay for it, but we can't have it both ways. Sounds like a topic for another conversation. Let's start tomorrow. And uh, is there a book or a movie you could recommend to our listeners? So this is interesting. My, my wife just got a book, and it's called Yes, And. And we're reading it together, and what it deals with is instead of saying no, because we, we as society say no a lot, especially in business. Hey, this is a nice shirt. Can I get it in purple? No, you can't. It comes in white and tan. This book talks about, yes, and we can also help you with this. So I guess it's a marketing sales book, but it's also a um, a book that talks about just uh, changing our, our thought process. Of It's really easy to say no, but maybe we should say yes. And, and you know what? I'll use that for a segue for my mental health. I'd much rather say yes. We can help you, and no, but call back tomorrow during business hours. Tom Allman, Sheriff of Mendocino County, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. Barry Vogel, a generous host with Radio Curious. Thanks for allowing me to be here. This has been the second of a two-part series on guns, who has them, how they are obtained, and what they are used for with Tom Allman, the Sheriff of Mendocino County in rural Northern California. The book Tom Allman recommends is Yes, And, How Improvisation Reverses No But Thinking 
and improves creativity and collaboration. Lessons from the Second City by Kelly Leonard and Tom Yorton. This program was recorded on August 8, 2016. Radio Curious has over 600 archive editions on our website, radiocurious.org, with new editions published regularly. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The phone is 707-462-6541. Christina Onestead and Yuko Kodama are the assistant producers. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.